Okay, thank you, Steve, Betsy, and Don. We talked in the first service that just a few months ago, Brother Don wouldn't have been able to navigate these stairs because of an accident he had during hunting season. Spent several months in the bed in the recliner, and we're just thrilled that he's doing what he's doing now. Amen, church. Let's give the Lord a hand on that. So we are starting a series of sermons on famous sayings. Uh, I've got possibly more than I will uh, do, but I tried to get enough to get us into the fall season. And then in the fall, I'm hoping and praying that we will have a book to launch into the meaning, a book of the Bible that we'll take verse by verse exposition. Uh, Today, we're looking at uh, the three Hebrew children taking that loving stand to Nebuchadnezzar, uh, the famous saying basically is, we're not careful, O king, to answer you in this manner. Can you imagine standing before the magistrates of your day, whether it is the president, a court, the Congress, a municipal court, the sheriff, the chief? Can you imagine standing before them and having to answer as to why you're not going to do something that the entire world expects you to do, but yet you're not because of the Lord. What would you say? Well, that's what today's sermon is about. We need to have a response ready. At the very least, we need to have confidence in our relationship with God to know that He will, re- he will give a response. He will supply, is the word I was looking for, a response. Some of the other famous sayings we'll be uh, approaching uh, tonight. We're going to look at uh, Peter, silver and gold, have I none. Uh, But then also Paul, uh, someday, I have kept the faith. I have finished my fight. Uh, Joshua, choose you this day. Esther, for such a time... As this, Jonathan, there is no restraint of the Lord to say by many or by few. Felix telling Paul, you have almost persuaded me today. David, is there not a cause? Uh, James, the exceeding sinfulness of sin. John 1 John, 1 John 1 9, uh, keeping short accounts with God. Uh, If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And then Samuel. And and again, we may not get to all of these, but these are what the Holy Spirit laid on my heart this week. It is better to obey than to sacrifice. These are sayings that God has certainly used throughout my life to determine the direction uh, for my life. And I, I want to help us understand how these Phrases and sayings should certainly direct us in our life today. Settling the hard questions. Settling the hard questions before the questions come. That's the title of today's message. Today's sermon in a sentence is simply, Facing hard decisions is one of life's toughest and challenging situations. The Christian has settled in his heart that these decisions will be based on scriptural values, not best outcomes. You see, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, 
did not wait until Nebuchadnezzar said, you've got to bow, to come over here and have a little huddle and say, okay, boys, I just want to say that I don't know about you, but me and fire, we really don't get along. So we need to come up with an answer that's going to give us a best outcome. We, we need to live our best life now. <laughs> okay, well... Sometimes standing for God does not lead to, in the world's eyes, a best life now. Sometimes standing for God leads to a worst-case scenario. And you need to be ready to face that, and you need to have the confidence that God will absolutely see you through it one way or the other. And what we're fixing to read shows us that somewhere before that event happened, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had the conversation and said, you know what? Yes, we're going to serve this king, and we're going to serve him well. We're going to have God's favor as we do what he needs and wants us to do. But you know what? King Nebuchadnezzar is a pagan, and he worships idols. And if these two things ever collide, we need to know what we're going to say. And we're fixing to hear what they came up with. Let's stand for the reading and reverence of God's Holy Word, we're looking at Daniel chapter 3, and oh my goodness, it's a long passage, but that's okay. I've said this many times. What we're fixing to read is much more important than anything that I'm going to say afterward, because this is the Word of God. A little bit of back history. Uh, Israel was on a uh, trajectory where they did not do what God asked them to do. That put them on a very unfortunate cycle. It would be a time and period of okayness, if you will, with God. But then the the Bible says they would go a-whoring after other gods. And when they would sin against God, he would call them to repentance. When they refused to repent, he would put them into captivity. And this 70-year Babylonian captivity is a result of Israel a-whoring after other gods. The good news is many of the Hebrew children before they were taken in captivity had been taught the ways of God and they carried those ways into this pagan government and God blessed them. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was three score cubit and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent together the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Then the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and the rulers of all the provinces were gathered together under the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald, a preacher, cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations, languages, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king hath set up. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth uh, shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. One of the greatest preachers of our day, Jerry Vines, says that this group, this praise team, was singing the song, Almost Cremated. And you were to bow during this invitation song. Therefore, at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people, the nations, and languages, they fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Now, that reminds me of the Bugs Life movie. 
One of my favorite scenes in the Bugs Life movie is where the brother of the really bad grasshopper had come up with a really bad idea as a result of hearing some of the other guys. And he tries to talk to his bad brother, who's the leader, about not going back to the ant island. If you haven't watched this movie, you need to rent it this week. It's life-changing. <laughs> and the bad brother realizes that there's a coup going on. And he goes to the little makeshift grasshopper bar, okay? And there's this huge whiskey bottle of grain. And that's what these grasshoppers are eating, and they've got plenty of it. And he's trying to go along with what they're saying. And he says, but there's this one little problem. That ant that stood up to me. Oh, that's just one ant, they say. One ant. And he takes out a piece of grain, and he hits it again. One ant. That, did that hurt you? No. And he pulls the plug, and all of the grain kills these three guys that were doing the coup. And at that point, all the other grasshoppers, they get ready to follow their leader. And the brother says, he's such a motivational speaker. <laughs> well, when someone's threatened to cremate you, <laughs> it's pretty motivational. <laughs> I believe we should bow. And everybody bowed except three guys. Wherefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. They spake and said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, that he should be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews, here it is, whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province, you think they were a little jealous, of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true? that you do not serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up. Now, if you be ready, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, he's given them another chance, that you fall down and worship the image which I have made well. In other words, it will be well with you, but if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Here it is. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. In other words, it's been settled, king. If it be so that you throw us into this fiery furnace, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. Do you believe that, church? God is able. And to deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, in other words, if God chooses not to deliver us, O king, be, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which, which thou hast set up. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage, and I told the first service, ladies, you've seen this in your husband. The form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I guarantee you my wife has seen it. 
Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hose in their hats, and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those mighty men, the mightiest men of his army. The flame killed them that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That means, church, that they had to walk in willingly to the burning fiery furnace. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished. He rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire, And the princes, governors, captains, kings, counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose bodies, here it is, the fire had no power, nor was a hair of their head singed. Folks, I don't get away with that when I grill, you know, do barbecue. I I singe the hair on my arm every time I do that. And yet not a hair of their head was singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants. Hello, that trusted in him. No problem. There's no interruption. It's all good. And have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made a dunghill because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Father, we ask you to add your blessings to the reading and preaching of your holy word. Change us, Father, to look more like you. In Jesus' precious and holy name we ask it. Amen. You may be seated. I shared with the first service that I really am not intending for any of this to be corrective. I know how the Holy Spirit works. If you've got something going on that is hit on, he will most likely make it corrective to you. That's how the Lord works. He loves you. And he loves you too much to leave you, if you will, in the condition that you're in. So if there is an issue that's out of bounds between you and God, he's going to love you enough to say, we need to get this straight. But I'm telling you, this pastor is not coming for that purpose. This pastor is coming because it's 2023. We are facing things every day almost, for sure every week, for sure every month, and I know every year where we have to lovingly take a stand for the gospel of Christ, and I want to help you. I want us to be ready, as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were, to give an answer to the people that are asking the question. And so I want us to make our decisions now before the difficult decision comes up. Because if you wait until that difficult decision comes up, you're most likely going to compromise. I shared with you what the Israelites struggled with on their circle. And you and I struggle with that too. If we're not careful, we live a life of sin, judgment, confess, repent, and then live for the Lord. Sin, judgment, repent. And if we're not careful, that circle is just, it just happens. You want to, you want to expand that circle. And you expand that circle by living for the Lord longer 
than what you between each sin type thing. Keeping short accounts with God. This is the circle you want to get to. This is the circle that Henry Blackaby talks about in his study, Experiencing God, the Seven Realities. It's also the uh, circle uh, that uh, Brother Gavin has brought out in his teachings in the past uh, with the passage in John that you've got three words that you want to be in your circle that is just a continual expression of your day. The first word is obedience. If you love me, keep my commandments. It's that simple. Obedience brings the love and favor of God. Now, if you have repented of your sins and accepted what Jesus Christ did on the cross for your sins, you're going to heaven no matter what. Hallelujah. Praise the Lamb. But you don't want to just go to heaven. You want to go to heaven and heaven break into a party because you lived for the Lord so well. And the only way to do that is to obey. But that verse in John says that once you obey, you experience him. When you and I experience God, watch this, we love him. We just fall in love with him more and more and more. What happens when you fall in love with Jesus more and more and more? You obey him more. And when you obey him more, you experience him more. And so you see the circle. This is where you want to live. You don't want to spend your time in this circle, which is where Israel was at at this very moment, 70 years of bondage. And God was getting their attention. And who were the ones that suffered the most? The children. And the children were uh, captured, and they were forced to serve these pagan rulers. But you know what they did? And you can read it in First John, I'm sorry, Daniel chapter 1 and 2. They decided, okay, this is not a best-case scenario, but God is still God. He's still on his throne. There ain't nothing changed about that, and we should worship God no matter what. So we're going to be the best people that we can be to our captors so that we can bring glory to God. Church, we ought to be the best workers on the block. And amens rang throughout the building. We ought to be the best neighbors on the block. We ought to be the best people in the room. Why? Because God is our God. And he has a certain way he wants us to live. And as you and I give in to that, as long as you and I submit to that, you're going to have the favor of God to some level, even if it's just you're happy in jail (laughs) for doing the right thing. I remember, you may not, but I remember in the 1970s as I was waking up to the world, and in the late 70s, early 80s, I'm going to the National Association meetings with my dad, and I hear the Nicaraguan plight of the churches. You may remember that Nicaragua was just torn apart during the late 70s, early 80s from communism. And one of the first things communist regimes do is they get rid of gospel preachers because they don't want freedom being preached to the people. And so one particular Nicaraguan pastor was put in jail because of what he preached. And this particular preacher at that National Association was sharing 
his story. And no, he wasn't happy that he was in jail, but he found a place of joy because he wasn't there because of something bad he did. He was there because he was serving his God, and his God upheld him and eventually got him out of jail, and he became a very successful pastor in that time of Nicaragua's history. I, if I'm not getting my stories mixed up, this same pastor was confronted by one of the magistrates who had the ability to take his life. And he walks into that jail cell, pulls his gun, and says, I have the ability to take your life. Now, you either recant what you've been preaching and you tell everyone that you don't believe that stuff anymore, and I'll let you go, and you can be with your family, and everything will be fine. And that preacher, on his knees, looked at him and said, Sir, that gun is your final weapon. My death will be my greatest weapon. You take my life from me standing for Christ, and you won't be able to stop the gospel. And he was right. And he was 100% right. Would to God we would have that type of courage, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego courage. We're not careful to answer you in this matter, O king. We've already settled this. As far as we're concerned, we're dead if that's what God wants. We're going to serve God. Church, you're not going to have that type of oomph if you wait until the situation hits you. You've got to make those decisions pre-pressure. <laughs> Amen? Pre. So, point number one, possible scenarios. Point number one, A, which eternity dwelling will you have? At every funeral, I lovingly point to the casket or the urn, and I tell the folks, where you're going to live for eternity has to be decided now. It has to be decided before this situation. If you wait until this situation, it's too late. Now, that's not good news. But it is good news if they listen and agree. And folks, you got to tell the bad news before you can get to the good news. And the bad news is, is that we are all sinners, including every person in the, under the sound of my voice. Most likely I'm preaching to the choir. Most likely I'm preaching to people who have accepted Christ as their Savior. But if there's someone here, I couldn't pass this point up. If you're here and you've never, ever confessed your sins accepted what Jesus Christ did on the cross for your sins, you need to do that. And you need to do that before it's too late. We'll have an invitation in just a few moments, and that will be your opportunity to come and learn more about that. B, what level of sexual purity will you practice? What level of sexual purity will you practice? You need to make that decision before you get, excuse the expression, in the heat of the moment. You need to absolutely make that decision now. There's four levels, church. The devil's level, anything goes. The world's level, follow your heart. That's Disney theology. Please don't do that. Number three, your flesh makes, your flesh says, make me feel good. And then you've got the Bible's level of sexual purity. You ready for it? Flee all youthful lust. At one point, Paul says, do not let sexual immorality be named among you, not even once. Now, church, we're all sinners. 
We struggle. Bottom line is we'll struggle less if we will agree with God, you're right, I'm wrong, and make those decisions now so that when we're faced with the compromising situation, we know what to say and do. C, what will guide you in your career, character or advancement? If you're just simply going to, I'm going to take every promotion I'm offered, I'm going to do whatever i got to do to climb my way to the top, I'm going to step on whoever, eh, hopefully, prayerfully, the folks in this room, we, we know that's not the right direction. Character needs to be why we are advanced. Did you notice what the scripture said there at the very end? Nebuchadnezzar promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego right after he almost cremated them. Can you imagine as he's filling out that comedy? Oh, yeah, my bad. Sorry about that. <laughs> Who knows? You know, are we okay? <laughs> are, we, are we okay? I know I just realized I just almost burnt you up, but are we all right? Are we all right? And, and yet the answer is yes. The answer is yes. Uh, I hopefully, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego took him to task a little, you know. But, but the bottom line is, is that we've got to be forgiving as well. Uh, you've heard the message. If you haven't, it's probably on uh, Bethelondale.com. A man after God's own heart. A man after God's own heart does the right thing. He does the right thing after he's done the wrong thing. He does the right thing when the wrong thing will advance him. And he does the right thing when everybody wants him to do the wrong thing. Character will be what God blesses, but you have to make those decisions before the opportunity comes. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you have watched Facing, no, uh, Courageous, uh, Facing the Giants was the first movie that kind of made it big, but then Courageous, where the Hispanic is working for the police officer, and he gets him a job at a, a factory, and they, on purpose, wanting to promote him, ask him to do something that was illegal. And so now he has to decide whether he's going to accept that promotion and be willing to do the illegal thing or basically ruin his chance at promotion in his mind's eye and tell them, I can't do that because I'm a Christian. He chooses the latter, and after they, he tells them, I, I can't do that, and I understand if, if you have to fire me. They both look at each other that are doing the interview and say, sir, we've not seen such character in a long time. The reason we set that up is because we had to know that you were going to do the right thing. A amen. And so uh, that's character is the key. And then uh, E, when you are faced with having to give an opinion of a social ill, will you acquiesce to what the world expects you to give as an answer or will you take a loving stand for the word of God? Now, who knows about these other issues that we've covered but I guarantee you in 2023, in a workplace in the world, you're going to come up with these. You're going to have these opportunities where you can speak for God and take a loving stand or you can bow out thinking you're bowing out gracefully and not stir the pot. I believe that the jury is in about Christians staying quiet when we have an opportunity to speak for the Lord. You remember 20 years ago when they said about the homosexual lifestyle, it's not going to bother you, what do you care? It was a lie. It's going to bother you because they're trying to absolutely push it on our children now. 
If you're paying attention, you understand what I'm saying is accurate and true. And church, we love everybody. We love everybody regardless of lifestyle. But we love them enough to tell them the truth. Amen, church? We love And watch this. If the preacher won't say it, I can't expect you to say it. I want you to know where we stand on these issues. And we need to be prepared. We need to... Most of the stuff that I'm telling you has been prepared over years of preparations for messages and the such. And we want to work with these people. But the only way we can work with them in an effective way is to have a prepared answer to help them navigate these very difficult times. Point number two, and we're almost done. How to prepare for these difficult situations in life. Well, these are all straightforward. There's not anything in here that's mind-blowing, that's new. It's just all old, good, solid stuff. Seek the Lord. When you're faced with, oh my goodness, we're going to talk about this in the board tomorrow. I, I got to know what to say. Seek the Lord and his word. Determine where he is at and align with him. There was a school, amen. There was a school board this week that a school board member took a loving stand and he said, We're not doing that. That's not what we're here for. We're here to educate children in reading, writing, and arithmetic. And we can leave all that other stuff to the parents and others. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. And it's the right answer. It truly is. B, keep short accounts with God. You don't want to, hey, so-and-so, what do you think about? And you know it's been three days since you've prayed to God. That's a bad deal. That's a bad deal. Now, listen to me, church. The Lord allows flare prayers. <laughs> Forgive me, Lord. Help me, Lord. <laughs> the Lord allows flare prayers. But it's a, it's a loss when you have to fall back on that. See, learn and discover how to hear the Spirit of God. Sister Mandy, in her testimony last week, talked about this is an area that Deborah is helping her with. I've talked to you in the past uh, that Dawn and I have worked through this issue, and this was 20 years ago with her. Church, you've got to know that you can get in connection with the Holy Spirit. One of the things that I have lovingly challenged you, and I think I started five years ago, you need to have the confidence that at the moment's notice, you can walk into the throne room of God and you can get an answer and you can have confidence that it's the right answer. The only way to do that is to be able to hear the Spirit of God. D, craft a response for the possible compromises that may come up. Craft a response for the possible compromises that may come up. Here's one of my favorites. Let's just say that someone at work, blow, I mean, they just blindside you. Well, what would you do? This is a really good crafted answer. There is not an answer that's obvious to me right here, right now, but please give me two days and I'll have a better answer for you. That's a crafted, and it makes sense. Well, yeah, I did just kind of blindside you with that. Y- yes, you, you did. <laughs> and I want to give you an answer. Please always assure them of that. And then go get the answer and come back. E, trust God's Spirit to give you the words when they are needed. Sometimes you're not going to have an opportunity to prepare 
trust that God will give you the words to say. And oh, please, don't talk too much. (laughs) Just say what he's giving you, laying on your heart to say, and let it go with that. And reassure that person, I love you and I want to help you as best I can. But this, this is where I'm at right here, right now. This is another really good prepared response. I heard it first from someone else. If I can't sleep tonight, I reserve the right to take this back. You know, some preachers will tell churches that when churches have asked them to come in view of a call. And they'll say, no, I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. I believe I'm where I should be. But if I can't sleep tonight, I reserve to take this back and we'll talk more. And so just spending time with God, seeking his face, and coming up with the prepared answers. Let's stand, musicians, will you come? Facing hard decisions is one of life's toughest and challenging situations. The Christian has settled in his heart that these decisions will be based on scriptural values, not best outcomes. If you're here today and you've never, ever received Jesus Christ, we're asking you, inviting you to come and make this an old-fashioned altar. We'll send you with someone gender-appropriate. They'll share the gospel with you. Let's sing.